Hello, and welcome to episode three of Hallowed Ground, the Sports Museum podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Stockman. Thank you so much for all your support of the podcast. I really appreciate everyone who's interacted on social media and given me really kind feedback. Speaking of social media, be sure to engage with the pod online at HGPod on Twitter and Hallowed Ground Pod on Instagram. Today on the show, we have Jordan Poland, president and CEO of the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame in Wichita, Kansas. Jordan was instrumental in sparking my interest in sports heritage, as he chaired the conference committee when I attended the 2019 ISHA conference as a student in Wichita. We had a great conversation about the challenges of operating a museum during a pandemic, moving an entire museum, and a big sailing yacht in the middle of Wichita. For my overtime segment this week, I'll be exploring the America's Cup. Be sure to stay tuned after our interview for some fun facts about the oldest trophy in international sport. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Jordan. Well, today on the show, we have Jordan Poland, President and CEO of the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame. Jordan, how are you today? I'm doing great, Andrew. How are you, man? Good. Yeah, it's great to get to talk to you. Jordan and I met in 2019 as part of that International Sports Heritage Association conference that I went to. He actually hosted that at the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame in Wichita, and that was a a really cool um, opportunity that I had. And so why don't we start there? Like, what was that kind of experience for you? Kind of hosting that for Isha and all that went into that because I'm sure it was a lot of a lot of work. Yeah, that was a lot of work, especially on the on the heels of our induction ceremony, which was two weeks before you know all these people came to came to town. So that was a that was a busy month. But yeah, it was an amazing experience. Um, it's just such a tight knit group and such a fun group to to be around. And so after you know, attending a couple of those conferences, I knew that, you know, hosting those people in Kansas and in Wichita was something that I wanted to do. And so thankfully they gave us the opportunity and yeah, it was a lot of work and we put in, you know, it it started off over a year um, before working with the the conference that was right before us, which was in um, Santa Clara at the 49ers Museum. So kind of seeing how they did things and then it kind of rolled in. So yeah, it was about 18 probably an 18 month process, but yeah, it was, it was an incredible experience, you know, gave us a ton of exposure and, uh, you know, we got to show off some of that Kansas hospitality too. Yeah. How important is that exposure as like a state sports hall of fame? Cause I like, I'm pretty sure every state or most states have them, but I don't know if they get talked about as much. So what's that experience been like? Um, it's been good. I, you know, I think not, not all, I don't know that all states, have a sports hall of fame to begin with. Um, I, I guess probably half do. And of that number, you know, a good chunk of them are members of ISHA. And I think it's just a, a you know, getting together with, with people like that and swapping stories and about how they do things and, um, you know, how they're raising money to do programs and exhibits and, you know, talk about the connections that we have uh, with inductees who are maybe born here but went to school there or, born there and came to school here, you know, those, you, you have those instant connections because we're all kind of in the trenches together and all kind of dealing with, you know, the same issues and problems. This maybe the scale is different, but as far as, uh, you know, the day-to-day stuff, you know, we're all doing pretty much the same thing. Cool. Yeah. I know the past year or so has been pretty nuts for everyone, but as, as like a, a statewide museum, um, what has it been like with, through COVID, through the pandemic? 
I know it's affected a lot of operations stuff and just all over. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. It's, it's been the most difficult, um, one of the most difficult years of, of our existence. And we've, we've had our ups and downs as an organization too um, in the past. So even staying that is pretty powerful. Yeah, this is, uh, this entire situation has affected our, our bottom line and our business operations 180 degrees or 360, whatever it is. I'm not a math guy. You know, when this hit in March, we shut down completely. Unfortunately, we had to get uh, lay off all of our part-time uh, employees um, who had been helping us out running the facility rental side of things, which is really how we made ends meet for the Sports Hall of Fame. We aren't um, supported by the state at all, so we get no public funding. Um, we are 100% you know, self-sufficient with either money that we raise ourselves or through donations or events or, or things like that. And so, you know, this this pandemic limiting the amount of people that we can host in our facility really cut off our budget at the knees. And so we're kind of in scramble mode and, and I'm thankful to, you know, all the donors and the government programs that we were able to apply for to kind of keep our head above water. And then we kind of switched the way that we're, we're offering facility rentals. Now we hired a company to come in and handle that. So we kind of offload it from from our plate but um we're still there obviously we're we're still dealing with this uh pandemic situation so we're still closed um for the time being as far as the museum is concerned um but we are open by appointment so all it takes is you know a phone call and or, or an email and we'll we'll figure out a time that i can be down there and, and show you around which is actually probably better because you're probably going to get a, an in-person tour uh that you might not normally get on on a Tuesday or something if I'm out of the office. Yeah. It's kind of like a VIP thing, kind of one-on-one -on -one or like a, I, don't, I wouldn't go that far. I'm not a <laughs> VIP by any means, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's some, there's some unique stories uh, behind some of those pieces that, you know, you just don't get, uh, you would walk by them, you know, without, without having the story yeah. uh, to, to be told with it. And I think like when I go to museums, I come in with like, maybe some knowledge prior or some not. And so I, people bring in their own experiences to these museums. And um, I think that's really neat. What's a, do you have a story or something where someone came in and like this person was their grandfather or something like that, where they just like really resonated with an artifact or something? Yeah, we get that. Uh, we get that a lot. I mean, obviously, you know, family members coming in and, you know, I, I might not know who they are and they'll say, well, I'm so-and-so's granddaughter or, you know, whatever. And then it's like, oh man, I'm really glad that I was like here to spend that time with you and make that connection. But I think the, the stories that, you know, for us that are so incredible, if you're familiar with our, our building in downtown Wichita, we, we backed right up to the Arkansas River, which is most people would call it the Arkansas, but here in the state of Kansas, it's the Arkansas. Uh, and in our backyard, we have this massive America's Cup sailing yacht which is literally a fish out of water in the middle of Kansas because this was Bill Koch's um, America Cube yacht that he won the America's Cup in in 1992. And Bill Koch was from Wichita. And this was one of four boats that he built. And so he wanted to, to find a way to commemorate that. And so he put that in Wichita. And so now, you know, people will be driving through, you know, from foreign countries. And we get a lot from 
weirdly, Australia and New Zealand where sailing is like huge. And they'll be driving through and they'll, you know, see this mega yacht sitting in our backyard, you know, on, on these stilts. And they'll stop in and they'll just be like, what is that doing here? And so it's just like a, a really unique story that it's like, I, I know very little about sailing. I know, you know, just enough about that particular, um, you know, event to make me dangerous. But, you know, we get all these incredible sailors from all over the world who are, who, who just happen to see it when they're coming through. And those are always the kind of the ones that stick out to me. You know, they, they, they talk a little bit different than we do. So it's always you know, kind of a, a fun conversation. For sure. I, I didn't know like some of those uh, international connections that you all have, but that makes sense because um, sailing isn't a huge deal here, especially in Kansas. But if you go up to the Northeast and then even like worldwide, it's a pretty big thing. And yeah, I've, I've driven by and been to the museum in, in Wichita. So I've, I've seen that and it's a, quite the impressive boat. So it's cool that they're able to stop in and just kind of ask. And then like, that's their touch point to the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame. And they probably will remember that when they go back to Australia. So that's, that's really, really neat. Yeah. And, and, and you know that they're going to tell as soon as they get home and they're at the, the yacht club or whatever, they're going to say, you're never going to guess what I saw out there in the middle of nowhere, you know, and <laughs> with no ocean water around. Yeah. Uh, I saw the biggest boat that I've ever seen, you know. That's cool. There's a, a pretty cool part of your job that you told me about earlier where you get to make the phone call to inductees to either say you've been selected to the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame or maybe like this wasn't your year and uh, you were on the ballot, but you didn't get enough votes or, or whatever the process is. So can you kind of uh, talk about that a little bit? And like you, you told me that's your favorite part of the job and what makes it so special? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a double-edged sword. Um, it's my favorite part. But it's also, you know, on the, on the flip side, it's the hardest thing. It's the hardest conversation that you have to have every year. So we have a nomination process that, you know, it's, I'm not going to get into the weeds here. But um, basically, if you have some connection to Kansas, whether you're born here, played here, lived here, you know, majority of your life, you're eligible. And so we take nominations throughout the year. I put together the ballot in the spring. This year's a little bit different since we didn't have an induction ceremony for 2020. We actually aren't doing a ballot for 2021. But so our next ballot won't be until 2022. So I, I put that together. We send that out to the voting committee uh, who then, you know, votes. Um, we tabulate that. I present that to our board and our board has the final say. We can, um, according to our bylaws, we can have up to 10 uh, inductees every year. And um, a couple of those come off our can come off our veterans committee, which is made up of our board members as well. And those are people who have they they look at nominees over the years who have been close to getting in, who just kind of haven't quite made the cut. Maybe they keep getting jumped by people who are just retiring or or something like that. And so it gives them another opportunity to get in. And so you know when that's all done and our board finalizes it, you know I get to work gathering contact information and uh you know then start making phone calls and you know it's incredible uh most most of these people you know i'm catching them you know in the middle of a work day or you know in the evenings when they're trying to get dinner ready for their kids and you know you can just kind of hear the annoyance uh you know when you get a phone call that that you don't know who it is and you answer it and you're just like why are you calling me but then, you know, when I introduce, you know, who I am and, and why I'm calling, you know, the, the range of emotion 
that you get on the other end of the line is so powerful because these people, you know, they aren't, they didn't do these things that they did on, on the court or field or whatever to get that phone call. You know, they did it because that's what they, that's just what they did. You know, they weren't necessarily thinking about the recognition that's going to come sometimes years later. And so, you know, if feeling that, that raw kind of reaction um, is super powerful and it's something that, you know, I enjoy doing. I still get nervous, you know, calling some of these people that I grew up watching on TV and, and, you know, they're kind of my childhood heroes. So that's, you know, also pretty cool. Um, but then on the other side, you know, there's, you know, we have sometimes upwards of 50 nominees a year and, and only 10 are going to get in. So that leaves at, at most, you know, 40 others who didn't make the cut. And those are difficult conversations because those people deserve recognition too. Maybe it's in a different way and maybe, maybe they will eventually get in and maybe they won't. But, you know, the people who nominated them, you know, those people obviously think they're deserving. And it's, it's a difficult conversation to have to say, well, you didn't get in this year. So we, here are options. Maybe we can try again next year. Or, you know, we can refer your name to the Veterans Committee. And those, those are difficult conversations to have. Thank, thankfully, I haven't been yelled at uh, too many times. But, you know, I'm okay with, with people yelling at me. It's not, ultimately, it's, it's up to the people of the state of Kansas. Um, who gets in and who doesn't, I'm just happen to be the one who calls you. So um, if you want to yell at me, then, then, then that's okay, I guess. For sure. You told me a cool story about um, an induction ceremony where one of the inductees was really impacted and you kind of saw like it really means something to these men and women that are inducted to the Hall of Fame. Do you want to share that with our audience? Yeah, sure. So this is, this is actually, I, I stole this story um, from our, our current chairman of the board's by the name of Jim Dunning, great friend, awesome mentor, um, tremendous person. And this is his story that he likes to tell. So uh, I, I don't want to make it seem like it's coming from me because I'm, I'm kind of robbing it from him. But um, so Jim, Jim had been appointed to our board and like right before an induction ceremony. And, you know, he had been invited to come and, and he was kind of not looking forward to it. Just kind of a, he, he, had never been to one, didn't know what it was, but kind of felt obligated, you know? And so he attends the ceremony and there was this uh, guy by the name of Mike Bell who was being inducted that year. Mike uh, was a football player from Wichita, played at Colorado State and then played in the NFL for uh, a number of years. And Jim and Mike were, were pretty close to the same age. I'll, you know, Jim knew of Mike from growing up in Wichita. And so Jim was, you know, seated, seated at the back and Mike Bell was one of the first inductees up. We do it alphabetically every year. And Mike Bell is this, you know, mountain of a, of a, of a guy, you know, he's huge. He's still like six, seven or something. And um, still got that, that NFL player body, you know, and he's this big macho man. And Mike gets up there and, and just starts crying. I mean, the emotion of that day, like hit him with his family there. He had kids there. He had his parents there and siblings there. And, and it was just like such a powerful moment for everybody. And I, and I, I was working, but I, I remember his speech, like being one of the more, you know, emotional ones that year. And so Jim 
listens to the rest of the induction ceremony and, uh, you know, gets back in the car and looks at his wife and says, I'm, I'm not, I'm never going to miss another one of these again because of, of that reaction. And it was like that, that speech and what it meant to that one guy, you know, helped him understand what this is all about. This is about, yeah, it's about honoring people who have done some tremendous things, but it's also about, you know, preserving that story so that, you know, people like me and my kids can go and learn, you know, the lessons that, that these people can teach us that, that apply off the field of competition too. Yeah. That's a great story. I, I loved when you told me that and it was, it was really neat to hear the impact that it had on everyone, whether the, it was the inductee, Mike Bell, or the board member who really wasn't sure what to expect. And that's it, just really neat. And it kind of shows like the power that sports have. And like, I know that's why I, I want to work in the industry and want to tell people those types of stories, because I think it, it means something. So what are some of the ways that the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame kind of tells those stories besides like induction ceremonies? Yeah, so our induction is our biggest event that we do every year. And, and, you know, I imagine most other sports museums that you're going to talk to in Hall of Fame uh, are going to say the same thing. Uh, but, you know, as, as far as events go, that's really the only thing that we're doing um, at the moment. We have done some things in the past sporadically, but especially with COVID, uh, you know, we've kind of shut all that down. So really the way that we're doing it now is just by through, you know, through exhibits in our exhibit space, um, through, you know, our education programs. Although again, you know, with COVID, it's, those have been pretty non-existent uh, for about 11 months now. So, you know, for us, it's, it's really about getting people in the door and being able to, you know, have that personal connection with them and, you know, our collection and, and the stories that, that those pieces can tell. What are some ways that a younger person or someone really interested in sports history and, and museums can like get into like doing what you do because I know like I'm pretty sure you're the only full-time staff member at the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame and I know you do a lot of a lot of stuff like putting the ballot together and calling the inductees and maintaining the collection and all of that so what are some ways that folks can get into that industry if they're curious about it? Yeah I think um, you know getting involved with it shows a is a really great starting point it shows a community of Sports Hall of Fame and museums that, you know, it's really kind of a, a brain trust from mostly North America, but, you know, we've got, we've got members in Australia and China and, you know, everywhere. I don't even know uh, every country that we're in, Sri Lanka. But yeah, I, I think getting involved in an organization like ISHA um, just allows you to meet so many people. And then, you know, the programs that ISHA does are going to help, you know, you develop as a professional in this field and and those those things happen throughout the year it's not just you know the three or four days that we're able to get together to have a conference you know issue those hot topic calls i just got an email about that earlier this week and so i think there's like some professional development areas that are involved with with issue i would encourage any young person like yourself um, who's interested in getting in this field to be a part, and, and, and I think I told you this when when you were um, looking at going to the conference, like you're going to get at, out of it what you put into it. 
Um, so if you want to meet people, if you want to put yourself out there that, hey, I, uh, you know, signal to people that you want to get involved in this field, then you're going to be welcomed with open arms. I mean, there's, there's not a whole lot of people, you know, beating down the doors here to, uh, to, to do this type of, of work. Yeah, everybody thinks it's cool, but, you know, when you get into the nuts and bolts, it's, it's not always for everybody. But I would say, you know, if you're going to get involved, you can't just have your name be a member. You know, you have to have that involvement. And, um, you know, I was that way whenever I first started with Hisha. I, I wasn't, you know, we had been in Sports Hall of Fame, had been a member for years, but had never really done anything with it. And so whenever I started going to the conference and started to meet people, I started to see the value in the expertise that's out there that's going to allow me to make the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame better and allow me to make myself better um, at doing this too. So I think that's a great first step. Obviously, you know, any, any background in museum studies or public history is, is going to be important. And, you know, you've got to have a passion for more than just sports. I mean, whenever I'm interviewing people, which I haven't done for forever at this point, it seems like, but, you know, whenever I'm interviewing people, you know, the people who say that I, I, I like, you know, why are you here? And they say, well, I like sports. Okay. I mean, most, uh, most people like sports. Why are you here? You know, you don't have to look, you don't even have to like sports to work at the sports hall of fame. I think, a, I think a general understanding helps, but you know, it's not a necessity, right? You know, it's about being able to tell somebody's story. It's about being able to, you know, preserve things yeah. um, for the next generation. It's about being able to um, communicate with, with others, the important lessons that um, can be taken away from here, regardless of what we're doing, right? Regardless of sports. I mean, this could be a hall of fame of whatever you want it to be, you know, business people, right? I mean, um, there are lessons there that can be learned. And, and so I think it's important to have just kind of a base um, understanding of, of um, storytelling and, and, and preservation that's, that should be across the board. Yeah. That's definitely something I learned when I was at the ISHA conference was that, and throughout my sport management degree is like just saying you like sports isn't enough because they know that you like sports. If you want to work for that organization or want to work in sports, like they already know that or else you wouldn't have applied. So it's like, what can you bring to the table? What skills do you have? How can you help right away? So that's definitely something that I've learned um, as a young professional in the industry or wanting to get into the industry. I think that's really something to like keep passing along to, to folks that are still in school or um, wanting to get in because it's, it's more than what we think it is. So for sure. Right. Right. You told me that you had a experience like moving the hall of fame from Newton, Kansas, for those who don't know, it's like a suburb, a few minutes North of Wichita, probably about 30 minutes or so. Um, that sounds like a ordeal to move a museum and kind of move into that boathouse space down by the river. So what was that like? Yeah. So that was, uh, that was another kind of crazy year. We seem to be collecting those, uh, <laughs> at the sports hall of fame at this point, but yeah. So before I started working at the hall of fame, when the hall of fame originally moved to Wichita, they were, it was in this big building, uh, downtown, some things happened couldn't be there any longer. The Hall of Fame moved into the Wichita House where we're at 
currently. We didn't have enough, when they made that move, we didn't have enough space to have everything on display the way that it had been in that old building. And so what they did is they moved uh, the collection, majority of the collection to uh, Newton, which is about yeah, 25, 30 minutes uh, north um, of Wichita. And they had it on display there. And so with the idea that they were gonna be a separate entity. So they actually created their own board up there who was in charge of running what was then called the Kansas Sports Museum. For whatever reason, that organization couldn't, couldn't make it work. And so the Sports Hall of Fame stepped back in to, to take that back over. Uh, and as part of that, we needed to get out of that space and kind of get everything back under one roof. Um, and so we spent uh, probably two months cataloging, photoing, everything that was, you know, packing. You know, I've never packed so many boxes in my entire life you know, tagging stuff and moving it to our new storage facility and um, putting stuff, you know, back on display at the Hall of Fame. And yeah, it was, a, it was a colossal undertaking. You know, we had all hands on deck at that point. We had, it was myself and my former colleague, Laura Hartley, who were doing a majority of the work. We had interns and we had board members and we had volunteers who were coming in to help us. But it was a, uh, it was a kind of a hectic, and we did it. I'm thinking that we did it from like November to January or something like that. So the weather wasn't really good. And it was just like, it was a grind, you know, every day driving up there to, to catalog and pack and, you know, and then you get it back down to Wichita and it's unpacking and, you know, putting stuff in storage. And it was, a, it was an ordeal, but it, you know, it's the right thing to do. It was the right thing to have everything back under one roof or at least as much as we possibly can. It allowed us to put more in our exhibit space. We still have a bunch of stuff in storage, but that can be a good thing because now, you know, we can rotate some things out. Um, Although, you know, with COVID, we haven't done much of that either. (laughs) But, uh, you know, that's, that's the intention. You know, we're, we're always adding to our collection, but, you know, out of that move and, and the necessity for space, we really kind of honed down on, on what it is that we should be collecting. Um, so, you know, we aren't taking anything and everything. It's got to fit a pretty narrow focus for us. And just because one, we don't want to be a storage place for, for everything. Uh, we don't have that type of, you know, storage space or, or capacity. Um, but two, it's really kind of focusing in on, on the story that, that we want to tell to the people who come and see us and, um, you know, we can't tell every story, so you know, we shouldn't take everything. Yeah, that's a good point. Cause then you have to the, think about storage and like getting another storage space and like, you can't just take everything. Like you said, that's something I haven't thought about a ton, but I think that's definitely a point of emphasis for probably other sports museums too. Those, those conversations are also not very fun to have, you know, when you, I bet. When you say, well, this, you know, and, and the way that you, you get around it and you say, you know, this doesn't fit our collection policy. You know, I would love to take it, but it's got to it's got to check every box on our collection policy list. And and if it doesn't, you know, we, we unfortunately we can't. So you can say it kind of in a nice way, but, you know, people people want their stuff on display for sure. Definitely. Well, Jordan, this has been great. I definitely appreciate your time. And I know the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame in Wichita is pretty, pretty well set up in a, a new 
kind of a new facility um, for you all, like you said, moving it all to the boathouse and then the new development down by the river and the new baseball stadium that's going in. So it's, it's a pretty exciting time. Um, do you have any, any ways that people can find the museum either in person or online? Yeah. So we're at the Wichita boathouse. We're in Wichita. Uh, you're driving by, just look for the boat. Like I said earlier, um, that sits in our backyard. So you can't really miss us uh, if you're driving through downtown. Um, we're currently redoing our website, but it's, excuse me, KSHOF.org, Kansas initials of Kansas Sports Hall of Fame.org. Our new website should be up and running, depending on how much time I get to do it, uh, hopefully by, by the summer. And then our induction ceremony, which was slated to be in 2020, now going to be in October uh, of 2021. Um, and then hopefully we'll be able to pick up, pick up then. That's going to be our induction ceremony will be the first Sunday of October this year. It's going to be hosted at our partners down at the Kansas Star Casino, which is about 20 minutes south of Wichita. Um, great partners down there. We did our first uh, induction down there a couple years ago, and it was phenomenal. Best one we've ever done. And it was in large part to the, to the work and uh, commitment from, from our partners down there. So we're, we're really excited to get back, get back to it, get back to normal, whatever that normal is i don't know yet um, as far as the museum is concerned you can always email me it's jpoland at kshof.org um, that's my personal email so you can if, if anybody wants to come see us just shoot me a note have you schedule a time and we'll, we'll get you in there everybody you gotta wear your mask but for the time being well thanks jordan i appreciate uh, your time and the kansas sports hall of fame is in wichita for those who want to come visit that's where i'm doing the podcast out of as well so it's a it's a good space i've been there they have a lot of cool stuff about kansas and, and the men and women who have uh, played in sports related to sports all related to the state of kansas so cool thank you jordan i appreciate it yeah yeah thank you appreciate you having me appreciate you letting me talk your ear off for a little bit and uh you know good luck with this i think this is a it's an awesome project. I think you're gonna you're gonna be able to talk to some awesome people in this industry, and I'm I'm privileged uh, to be a part of it. For this episode's overtime segment, I wanted to provide everyone with some more info on the America's Cup, which doesn't get a lot of publicity nationwide, but is a rich sporting event with a lot of history. Of course, Jordan and I talked about Bill Koch's America's Cup victory and his sailing yacht that's literally in the backyard of the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame. You'll have to check it out if you ever stop by Wichita. I don't know a lot about sailing, to be honest, so I took this info from americascup.com. America's Cup was first contested in 1851, predating the modern Olympics by 45 years, and this makes it the oldest trophy in international sport at 170 years old. And so the trophy's roots date back to when a group of businessmen from New York sailed the schooner called America across the Atlantic Ocean for the World's Fair in England, and so that's where the America's Cup name came from, from that original schooner. So a 132-year stretch saw boats representing the U.S. successfully defend the trophy 24 times from 1870 through 1980. That makes it the longest winning streak in the history of sport. Sir Thomas Lipton, the Irish and Scottish tea baron, helped bring more money to the sport through sponsorships, one of the first sport sponsorship examples ever in the world. And so different eras of sailing are defined by the type of the yacht used, from J-Class to 12-meter and others. The Louis Vuitton Challenge helped decide which yacht club will act as the challenger as the defender club tries to defend its previous title. It's sort of like a play-in race or competition from my understanding. 
Prada is now the sponsor of the Challenger Selection Series. And so an upstart Australian team won the America's Cup in 1983, making it the first time the trophy left the New York Yacht Club and left the United States of America. Bill Koch, the billionaire born in Wichita, won the 1992 America's Cup, just like Jordan and I discussed. So one of the yachts he used is on display at the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame. Team New Zealand won the 2021 version of the America's Cup, which recently occurred in March. You can find the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame in the Wichita Boathouse in Wichita or online at kshof.org. They're currently renovating their website and hope to have it revamped sometime this summer. In the show notes, you can find links to that website and Kansas Hall of Fame social media pages. I really appreciate Jordan taking the time to be on the pod. I hope you enjoyed episode three of Hallowed Ground, the sports museum podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Hallowed Ground on your podcast app of choice so you don't miss our next one. Check out our archive for episodes with the Baseball Heritage Museum and the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame. Also, leaving a five-star rating and review really helps this podcast gain exposure on those various apps. Thanks in advance. Until next time, sports fans.